2: Score North on AM 1500 KSTP St. Paul, Minneapolis, 94.5 KSTP FM St. Paul HD2, and on
1: scorenorth.com. TCL, proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing
2: TV brand. It's Purple Daily. Yes, it is Purple Daily every weekday at noon right here on Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. You can watch us streaming live at all your various social media outlets, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. I'm Rami Makhlouf along with Judd Zulgad and uh, Matthew Collar will jump in coming up at around one o'clock before he takes over these airwaves from two until four and lots to get to on Purple Daily this afternoon in the wake of Judd. What was it, or was it not the best championship Sunday in the history of championship Sundays for the NFL?
1: Well, certainly recency bias is going to play a role, obviously, but I think it was. I really think it was, and and not just for one thing, but for storylines, right? Right. For great games, great quarterback play at times, completely botched calls. I think if you if you put what we saw in uh, two uh, two games yesterday together in a football stew i think it's the most delicious stew that we have ever seen on championship sunday and i go back to to some really good ones as well i don't recall one as basically captivating, though everything about yesterday to me was captivating.
2: Yeah, there wasn't a boring moment on Championship Sunday yesterday. Even, I mean, both these games went at went into halftime with pretty sizable leads, two or three score leads in in each respective game. But at no point did I feel like any team was out of it. The whole, in the entire Championship Sunday was competitive. Captivating. There was never any point where I mean for me on a Sunday, it's pretty easy to fall asleep on the couch. So I'm not gonna lie. There were there were times where Red I, Zone will change your life. I had Watch to, Red zone. <laughs> there
1: were times where I life had to change.
2: make a fresh pot of coffee, but that's just me. That's just that's yeah. just my normal lazy Sunday feeling. But for for the average fan, I don't think there was any point where you get you get bored or you start to
1: doze off on the couch. And both games started with Oh, no. Blowouts, right? Right. Potentially, the Saints are going up and down the field. Now, they could have got 14. They got six. Patriots dominate the first half against KC. But in both cases, you're saying, oh, no, 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 no. Please, God, don't let these... And instead of that... The second half in both were fantastic.
2: Great theater. I, I don't have the photographic memories that you and and Manny on the other side of the glass have. He's got way, way more than I do. Oh, I know. I went the <laughs> way day more I, the than day I did. The day I was here for the interview, you guys were just throwing stuff at him <laughs> behind the yeah, scenes. And he was he was just catching it, no problem, and, <laughs> and he knew exactly what you were talking about. Is there is there not even just not even Championship Sunday? Is there another playoff? Sunday or playoff weekend in the NFL in recent memory that, that even comes close to this, where you have everything that Judd just talked about, not just good competitive games, but as far as storylines, all the the, the 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 great QB talk, the greatest of all time QB yeah. talk, what this does for Drew Brees, Tom Brady, the blown calls, the the Super Bowl matchup that we now have to talk about in the coming weeks. I can't remember, and again, recency bias obviously plays a factor, but I can't remember any other playoff Sunday for the NFL that that comes close to
0: this yeah I couldn't either in fact I put out a tweet last night that is this I, I don't have it verbatim right in front of me but this is probably the best championship Sunday we've had in a long while like when was the last time we had one that was this good and the one that came to mind was 2011 January 2012 with the Ravens and Patriots you remember that one? That was the one where Billy Cundiff missed the tying field. It was like a 30-yard field goal. He tied would have tied the game, and he missed it wide left. Mm-hmm. And the Patriots went to the Super Bowl. And then that same day, I think it was earlier in the day, the Giants beat the 49ers at Candlestick. Oh, and the to kid must the, muff, su- the kid and, and, um, punt, right? What's his Kyle Williams. Yes. He he muffed two punts in that one. Yes. Yeah. And Ted Ginn Jr. was out was out with like an injury or something like that. And that's why that kid had to had to return kicks for the 49ers. And he muffed two punts, including one in overtime that set up a field goal for the Giants to win. And otherwise, we probably would have had the all Harbaugh Super Bowl a year before we actually had it, which was the next year. So
1: I think that, that what separates what we saw yesterday is it had everything. Yeah. It had had every it had everything. Including including you knew that this would happen eventually. You just didn't know when officiating would play a a role of of substance and all of the rules that we saw that they tried to enforce would would either be over enforced or not enforced. Not enforced at all. But you tell me what didn't if you sat there on your couch and had the the blessing of not caring. So, you might be like, "I like the Chiefs, but you're not so, but you don't care, yeah, in your heart, that day had everything, and it was fabulous, absolutely fabulous no, they- to watch. it's a it if you're the league, it's great and bad." But if you're just a fan, I thought the storylines were great.
2: And isn't it funny that coming into the season with all the, the the gloom and doom surrounding this league and the notion that it's it's in a downturn and, and its popularity and its ratings are going down because of anthem protests and concussions and the rule changes to pr- try and prevent concussions that in, in that season, we get what quite possibly was, and it seems like we're all in agreement, was the best championship Sunday in the history of championships. Sundays where
1: the NFL gets everything that it could possibly ask for. Now, if you're a Saints fan, you're livid. Mm-hmm. If you're a Saints fan, you are apoplectic. But if you're not... Nice word. It was great. Yeah. Oh, it was they got beyond screwed. <laughs> it and you know of... what's incredible? Nobody in this town gives a damn. <laughs> right. We're all happy about it. And and personally, the one thing, and I'm not anti-Saints, but I tell you right. You're anti-Sean Payton. I'm anti-Sean Payton. And I love the fact that Sean Payton's life is hell today because of that. (laughs) Because he is a self-assured, smug-ass coach. I love it.
0: (laughs) I love it. In some ways, the the AFC championship game kind of reminded me, and ironically, a Kansas City team was involved with the example I'm going to give, but it kind of reminded me of Game 7 of the World Series in 2014, where for me, at least for me it did because I remember I was pulling for the Royals in that series, but then when Bumgarner came in in the middle of that game and just started mowing down Royals hitters, and you're just watching what he's doing, it's like, this is amazing. Yeah, This is amazing. And it was kind of the same thing last night with the Patriots and Chiefs where I was pulling for the Chiefs last night, but then you're watching like Brady and Edelman and Gronk march down the field and just every single third down they convert. It's like, this is amazing. This is incredible that this team continues to do this every year.
1: Sometimes not caring about who wins is the greatest thing because as a sports yeah. fan, as a sports fan, when you realize that you are watching the torch get passed, right? Brady, 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 okay, this is great. He's older now, but Mahomes is fantastic. So when you're watching that torch in that game get passed, it is just so much fun. Mahomes was better than Brady last
0: night, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know. I know. I, you think know they both, I think both left a little bit, little to be desired.
2: Yeah, I don't think either one necessarily uh, played up to their, their ceiling last night. But
1: if Okay, I, but given the circumstances and given what they were trying to do, it was I, remarkable. I was that gonna, fourth quarter was remarkable.
2: I was going to save this for a little bit later in the show, but I didn't... I didn't think Tom Brady was that great last night until they. I mean, there was some spots mattered, yeah. where they needed Tom Brady to be great, and on that drive in overtime, converting those three third downs into first downs and finding the open man, even though Tony Romo found him first, finding the open man and and hitting him in in the most clutch of situations to take his team to a Super Bowl. That's that's what Tom Brady does. But for four
1: quarters, I wasn't all that impressed. By Tom Brady, okay, but like fourth, crazy, but the 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 fourth quarter, you you didn't sit there mouth agape and say, "Oh my God, this is incredible." I mean, those guys were going up and down the field at mm-hmm. at a time when most of us would would be peeing our pants and crying. I mean, Tom Brady, it threw, was
2: incredible. Tom Brady threw. One really bad interception,
1: one off Wes yeah, Walker's
2: hands, you, yeah. and then threw another interception that was an, an awful throw and an awful choice on his part, and that got called back because of an offsides penalty. That that could And that could have been the dagger for them. That could have been the game for the Patriots right there. He had one touchdown and two interceptions, and I don't know if you guys noticed, but in some of the most clutch spots when they got down to the
1: goal line, they took the ball out of Tom Brady's hands and put it in Rex Burkhead's hands. All right. Nonetheless... Even being me, I can't look at that final quarter and not say, at that age, absolutely wow. It was amazing. I get your point. I see what you're saying. And I saw it coming. But nonetheless, but nonetheless we are talking about two quarterbacks in a situation that has the ultimate pressure, playing in the cold, doing what they did as a sports fan. Yesterday, and I've talked about this before, but yesterday as a sports fan is why I put up with so much crap when it comes to games. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I'm serious because the payoff yesterday is the payoff for all of the crap that we watch. And people say, why are you watching? Go to a movie. Go do go outside and do something. You're like, no, I like to watch sports. And people say, but, but why? I mean, this stinks. It's because you can't have an appreciation for Sunday if you don't watch sports consistently. If you just uh, helicoptered in yesterday, it's fun. And it's great theater and I get all that. But if you don't watch games consistently in sports and put up with all the minutia and Mm -hmm. all the BS and all the regular season crap, then I don't think you have a true appreciation for what we saw Sunday in those two games, which is why sports is great.
2: Yeah, you pay your dues with the minutiae and the crap
1: and and the occasional heartbreak when it's one of your team's involved. And the gal says, you know, go do something else. Why are you watching all this stuff? And it's, this is why, because the trade off is this. That was the payoff right there yesterday.
0: I will say this about Patrick Mahomes, and, and I thought he was brilliant in the second half, and I love him, but in the first half, he left some throws. That yeah. were that were off. He had he had Damian Williams on a on a wheel route in the second quarter, wide open, like wide open, and he overthrew him by by ten yards. Like that's, and I was shocked to see that because he normally hits that. Like he's as accurate as there is in the league, and he normally hits a play like that. And that that same play, you remember, you saw they showed uh, Travis Kelsey. Yes. He had his hands up yeah. like as if touchdown. Boom, touchdown, and Mahomes overthrew him by okay, ten yards. Okay, but
1: but doesn't. The final quarter of that game overshadowed the rest of what you guys are talking about. I get what you're saying. I totally get what you're saying. And if you want to go for perfection, both guys were far from perfect. But that last quarter. The theater was fantastic. My God. It was was completely captivating. It was amazing. Yes. It was
2: absolutely amazing. But going back to what Manny was just talking about with the missed throws and Mahomes in the first half a lot of people going into the the divisional game last week we're going let's see what Mahomes has got first playoff game let's see if the if the playoff jitters get him i don't think they got him last week but i think all the hype of the AFC championship game, of the torch being passed the, from Tom Brady to the Patrick pa- Mahomes. It's the Patriots. Mm-hmm. I th- right, exactly. It's the Patriots. It's, it's a trip it's, to the Super he's Bowl. He's going against Bill Belichick, a trip to the Super Bowl on the line. I think you, you saw a guy who was not nervous, not jittery, but maybe a little bit too amped up. Mm-hmm. For for that first yeah. half of football, and that's when you miss throws, and that's when especially you start overthrowing guys because you're putting a little zip on the ball that you didn't even know you were putting on the ball. It's it's sort of second, it's sort of a natural instinct,
1: it's second habit, so to speak. And keep in mind too, nobody game plans like the Patriots do offense, defense, nobody. So that kid saw things he hadn't seen, so. right? And and I just. I think the fact that we saw a great old QB and a great young one face off in that game and put together a last quarter that was that good was off the charts. Like there was, if you if you had asked us all on on Saturday, drop the perfect plan for these games, and if this had been presented to you at that time, I think we all would have said instantly, we are more than in on this because it was flawed at times. But there were so many things about that last quarter that were
0: fantastic. How sick are you if you're D Ford, though? You get called for that offside. And I mean that pick might have sealed the game for you. Yeah, like probably you know
1: you're probably right. Uh I don't know. I mean, yeah, I'm I'm probably sick about that, but there there were lots of things. Um officiating was that was the one bad thing mm-hmm. I thought. I, I mean it it's a great storyline and it's fun to talk about now. But you had officials who had no business deciding that, that game, not on that call, but on different calls in both games, especially the Saints-Rams game, who completely played a, a role that they they should not have been allowed to play, or should not have played ultimately.
2: So let me ask you something real quick about Tom Brady before we go to this break. Um, I'm will, I'm 100% willing to admit that um, some of what let, gets in the way of letting me enjoy Tom Brady and... Appreciate and maybe admit his greatness is pure pettiness and jealousy, guys. I'm not. There's. I'm not even going to try and hide that, deny it, bury it below the surface. I'm a pretty self-aware, introspective guy, and I am very jealous of Tom Brady, of the looks, the Super Bowl rings, the supermodel wife who makes money than he does. I'm jealous of it all, and we all should be. I don't. I don't think you're. I think it's natural to be jealous, and, and you're in denial if you say that you're not. Was I the only one? Is it my jealousy and my pettiness over Tom Brady? That had me looking at that game last night and going, "Why is everybody going crazy about Tom Brady?" Like I, <laughs> I get, I get, Simple answer. I get he's going to his ninth Super Bowl. Simple I answer? understand. Yes, that. it is. Yes. Okay, all you're right. You're
1: being petty. Do you, <laughs> okay. Do you? Do you? <laughs> I'm understand, willing to admit that. Do you get the fact that in ten years you're going to look back and say I saw one of, if not the greatest QB, especially in pressure of all time my appreciation no matter what i think of him as a person or what he has done he seems like a his, fine person but i'm just saying which makes me feel bad about I, these feelings that i, I have, have towards him i have an absolute appreciation very fine <laughs> i have an absolute appreciation for the fact that that this is greatness and in our lives as sports fans there's only there's a very small amount of greatness there's guys like lebron there's guys like gretzky but it's a small, small list. And so so when I see him do that on Sunday at that age, I just think as a sports fan, no matter what you think about the Patriots or Brady, we are very fortunate to get to see it. Um, this might be a larger discussion for a different
2: day, but and maybe for later today on Mackie and Judd with Rami, four to six here on Score North on 1500scorenorth.com. I don't have Tom Brady as high on my greatest of all time quarterback lists as most people do. And again, that could be my pettiness and jealousy. Getting, I think we're
1: learning a lot about Robbie in these past couple weeks. I think you might be a little bit petty. I'm willing to admit that. I mean, listen, I hate as much as the next guy. Okay, yeah, and and I I second guess and can certainly be a cynic, but I do think in my world as a sports fan. I do have a large area of appreciation for greatness.
2: It's Purple Daily every day at noon right here on Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. You can watch us live on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Follow us on all those various outlets at Score North. We'll have Matthew Collar in here coming up at 1 o'clock. Up next, we've only scratched the surface of that terrible, terrible call in the NFC Championship game and the joy that you Vikings fans took in it. We'll get into that next on Purple Daily right here on Score North on 1500.
1: Binge, listen Minnesota sports.
2: ScoreNorth.com. Breeze. Pass is incomplete. No flag for Tommy Lee Lewis. Crowd's going crazy as there's no flag right on the Saints sideline. Well, if Nikhil Roby Coleman plays the ball, it's an interception. It's probably going the other way with it. I mean, the ball's on the other side of Roby Coleman, and but
0: that should have been a penalty. They felt like the players are. Were player arrived at the same time the ball did. They didn't feel like it was an interference call. Um, look, it's a tough way to lose a game, um, especially when you, you're you in a position like that to win it. It's, it's all the more reason why we need more replay. We, we lose I mean, a chance to go to the Super Bowl with a call like that. Is, it's just disappointing, but credit uh, the Rams. Did a good job, made the plays in the end when they needed to.
2: Buck and Aikman with the call on the NFL on Fox and Sean Payton talking about the blown call afterwards. This is Purple Daily on Score North on 1500scorenorth.com. You can watch the show streaming live, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, all at Score North. And uh, just just an awful, awful call, Judd. I just, this is one of those things that makes sense, just never dawned on me until I got here to Minnesota the, the hate between the Vikings and the Saints. Yes. And namely from, from Vikings fans to the, the Saints organization and head coach Sean Payton. It makes sense because there is a shared history there, but it just never dawned on me until this moment happened yesterday and watching Vikings Nation take such
1: great joy in it. And the question goes to this now. How much, how many pounds of flesh do Vikings fans want here? Because I thought that the hate... Might have subsided or been gone after the uh, Stefan Diggs catch in the playoff game here last year, which, of course, was a Saints complete meltdown. Now this. But I realize, too, this is the hate and and feelings towards the Saints are not going away until Sean Payton is gone. And and the hate does not go necessarily to the fact that the Vikings lost to to the Saints that day in 2010 down there, it goes to the fact that the Bounty Gate scheme will always be perceived as Peyton's baby, right? And so that's it. So Vikings fans, it can never be enough. If the Vic, if the Saints lose in terrible fashion in 2019, then the Vikings fans are going to hope that they lose in terrible fashion in 2020. So until Peyton is gone and the door is shut on his tenure there, I guess I've come to the point to realize that Vikings fans will always smile, laugh, and be very happy as long as the Saints have a miserable demise to end their season. You know what's funny? I know that because that
2: really sticks with you, and I and I understand why it sticks with you here in the state of Minnesota, the, the whole Bounty Gate thing. And you say, that's Sean Payne's baby, and I think he'll always have that tag on him for Vikings fans, for, and probably deservedly so. I'm not saying that you're wrong for that. But if you go outside of here and... Being a, a a guy who comes from Chicago, who worked in Milwaukee for a long time, and maybe it's just because they don't have the success of the Patriots because a lot of people the first thing they, they will bring up if you bring up Belichick and Brady is Spygate is Deflategate and by the way we need to stop just adding gate to the back of things we can't.
0: Like, 100% <laughs> agree we
1: <laughs> cannot help
2: ourselves gentlemen it's never going away that it's Rami Gate that day was for a reason it was the name of the hotel where the, the yeah, conspiracy know, it's took place great I mean, fun no, <laughs> just add gate no, just add gate, to <laughs> just things, add gate. But, but for whatever reason that is not the case for a lot of NFL fans when you say Sean Payton I don't think a lot of people think Bounty Gate. I just I don't I just don't what think do that's think? I just don't think that's Arrogant? front of mind.
1: Arrogant, obnoxious, condescending, offensive genius. Jackass. <laughs> yeah, offensive <laughs> all the things, all the
0: things Judd Zogat thinks about Sean Payton.
1: <laughs> Sean Sean Payton Sean Payton is McVeigh, but but he's the he's the version of McVeigh that we hate. Right. McVeigh comes off as right. He's sort of a nice he's cocky, but he comes off as a head. But this, he's, he's, but he's new. Kid. Give it give yes. it like seven years. Yeah. <laughs> give it like seven years. And we're gonna find plenty of we things will. to hate about Sean McVeigh. I we, guarantee it. We <laughs> will never, ever in this town, though, as long as Peyton is with the Saints, not be very pleased to see the Saints flame out completely.
0: So if, Sean Peyton's like the evil twin.
1: But yeah, basically. If you if you <laughs> if you guys recall back in the day, Peyton was McVeigh. He was. Yeah. He was hired. He was hired as the Saints coach in 2006 as the Wonderkin offensive genius. Same guy. Right, absolutely, and he's still very, very good. Absolutely, he's just incredibly easy to dislike. That's what I'm saying. Is give it like six, seven you years, right. and we are going to find
2: plenty to dislike about Sean McVay. It's, right. it's bound to happen. If you want to get in on the discussion, six five one six four six eight two five five, or tweet us at Score North. Is there even just a just a scotch of you that feels bad for the Saints today, or is outraged
1: by? Oh, they got totally screwed. How bad that call was? They got they mm-hmm. they got completely screwed. That is as bad of, well, first of all, if you think about it, on that play alone, which did not draw a flag, it's not like it drew one and not two. It did not draw a flag, a penalty. If you think about it, okay, Coleman interfered with the guy, definitely. Yep, it was helmet to helmet, so that's two there. It was everything. Coleman admitted that Kamara was his man and he saw the receiver open and thought oh my god better get to that side he wasn't trying to break up the pass he was trying to hit the the guy because he knew what was probably going to take place he knew so do i do i feel that the saints got a bad deal absolutely they did
2: he probably knew he was going to get a pass interference call but at that point that's the lesser of two evils because if he doesn't go over there and and lay out the receiver he probably catches it and scampers right into the end zone so he looked at it and he said all right, I'm beat, I bl- I blew this coverage, I better get over there and just blow this guy up, take the pass interference, and live to fight another day, only he didn't even get the pass interference call. And he was expecting it. He got up, and if you read his body language, and he basically admitted to it after the game, he got up and he's looking around, just waiting for a yellow flag to come flying in
1: there, and, ne- and it never came. Right, so here's my question. My question is this. If you took that play... And let's go back to the start of this year, all right, to training camp. If you took that play to August of 2018 and said, all right, gentlemen, the league is cracking down on lots of stuff, and here's two main things. We, we want offenses to be productive as possible. So if you, are, if you perceive that a defensive back interferes at all, it's a call. And by the way, because of concussions, we're also very concerned about helmet-to-helmet contact. Right that play in itself is a tutorial of everything that for the first four weeks or so or five weeks of 2018, this league tried to crack down on. That's what makes it so incredible. It wasn't like this, oh, they used to call that back in 2016 and they missed it in 2019. It was a play-by-play of everything that this league... That is That play alone is an instructive video of what this league was trying to call at the start of this year. And... This is the amazing thing about this league, personally, to me. If you you think about this, and and this actually worked, but in last year's Super Bowl, this is the league that had changed the catch rule. They Mm -hmm. had changed the rule. They failed to inform the fans, the media, everybody, including players. But I guess my question is this. Why begin the season with one set of rules, and by the time he... You get to your playoffs, be like, ah, oh, we didn't see it then. That so so. This is not a small miss of a rule that they were trying to crack down on a few years back. This is a major miss of two very very direct things that we started 2018, I think, being essentially points of emphasis.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And and beyond that, Joe, the thing that irritates me the most about this is that if you listen carefully to what was said after the game. We heard the, the cut from Sean Payton coming out of the break here where he said the referees told him the receiver and the defender all, both got there at the same time as the ball. That was the excuse that Sean Payton was given as to why in real time that call was blown. If you listen to Reggie Roby Coleman after the game and the explanation he was given for why he wasn't called for pass interference, the referee told him immediately after the play in the immediate aftermath of the play, it was tipped. So either either the referees aren't communicating and don't know why that call was made, or they were trying to cover up their screw-up in real time and telling Sean Payton something different than what they told Roby Coleman. And I, I don't know which one it is. And afterwards, Sean Payton said he spoke to the head of officials and was flat-out told that they blew the call. So at, at least they gave him that. I don't know what that—I never know what that does for you as a coach or as a professional athlete. It makes athlete. you more upset. Yeah, that, that it just ticks you off more. That's probably what it does more than anything. But yeah. to get two different explanations from the referees from the time that the play happened to the time that the game was over, were they did they not know why the call was made on the spot? Did the did did the head official not know why why that call was made but or the, not made on the spot? Or were they lying to Sean Payton to to make it seem a little bit more reasonable why they would blow such an obvious call?
1: But the stupid thing then is all right. Let's say it was tipped. I don't, don't think it was, but let's say it, it was tipped. Throw out the PI, right? It's gone. It's out. Helmet to helmet is still in. Yeah. So you, you essentially had, if you are that officiating crew, two bites at the apple and you screwed the pooch on both of them. If you want to contend wrongly that the ball was tipped, then don't throw the flag and then th- throw it on the fact that the guy ran halfway across the field and dove with his helmet into the receiver's helmet and you you've got a penalty and a first down there. So they gave them two chances to at least get this semi-right and they missed on both of them. This is going to lead though and you know exactly where this is going now. The league is going to in March announce that instant replay will now cover pass in- interference without a doubt because this is the league. This is the league where we always say you know, someday you're gonna have a problem there, and the league's like, "Oh, what are you talking about? We're not gonna have." And we all say, "You know, someday you're gonna have to put that in in the in the review arsenal." And the league's like, "No, no, no." And this is the league that always waits until disaster strikes and then says, "You know what? That's good. yeah, you guys were right. You guys were right. Review is gonna be part of this." I it's remarkable, but they now have they now have their play where they can go the CFL route. And say replay will review PIs too.
0: I wonder if they're going to review, to your point, about helmet to helmet stuff though, too. Because they do in college, they review targeting in college. You yeah, know what I mean? Maybe. They call, they call, they'll throw a flag for targeting and say someone, so and so number 38 is, you know, 15 yards for targeting. will review the play. And I wonder if in a situation like, like yesterday, if they would review it. For helmet to helmet, too. I just don't understand how you miss on both of those. Right. Like, you've got two chances. One of them had to be called. You call one,
2: you're absolutely fine. I think I'm in the minority on this because people just want... Games to go so fast, which I don't I don't get. I'm spending all day on the couch watching football on a Sunday, whether the game is three hours and 15 minutes or three hours and 23 minutes. I don't I don't care. But apparently that's a concern for people out there. And they are tired of reviews and how long the reviews take, blah, blah, blah. I want everything to be reviewable.
1: Every I want everything to be reviewable. Belichick. Yeah. Same thing. Absolutely, it only makes sense I that, to me. I think that you could get to a point where what you're saying is possible.
2: What's more important—that you get your Sunday dinner five minutes earlier, or that they well, get the calls right and the right team is headed to the I, Super Bowl today instead of the wrong team?
0: I think more than anything, I think because I agree with you. I think just about everything should be reviewed too. I just think more than anything, these officials when they're reviewing stuff, hurry up, hurry the hell up. You okay. don't, you don't, yeah. you don't need to see 27 different camera angles to get the just. Watch the replay, watch two or three different angles and make your decision.
1: And you guys are right, but I will go back to this. The fact that they miss both calls with their own eyes is inexcusable. Absolutely. Like you mm-hmm. have to be an active moron to miss both those. You have to be a living, breathing moron to miss both those. <laughs> Seriously, you you're employed. you're given, you're looking at this play, helmet to helmet. You've been told for how long now? for months? Crack down on this. Watch for it. Concussions are a concern. You're given a gift from God, if you possibly, that's a bang-bang play, and you're saying, interference or not, interference or not, and, and Roby Coleman dives headfirst. And so now God is saying, I'm letting you off the hook. Throw the flag here. And you're still saying no. So I think that the, the replay discussion is important and will come into play here, but it is
0: remarkable that they didn't just throw there was, There was nothing about that play that would make anybody just say, hmm, boy, I don't know. Correct. Was that interference? Was that helmet to helmet? No, you saw it right when it happened on the naked eye. It was like, oh, yes, that's a, something happened there Correct. that was against the rules.
2: And I don't mean to be that guy who says don't blame the refs, blah, blah, blah. But the Saints had plenty of opportunities before that to To make that play not not really matter and make that blown call by the referees not really matter and after that had chances to rebound and still win the football game. Sean Payton made some really bad play calls mm-hmm. in that game. Why you're passing after the after the two minute warning on that first play after the two minute warning and essentially giving the Rams an extra thirty to forty seconds when they got the ball back and had a chance to drive is is beyond me. And for a guy as smart and 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 savvy on the offensive side of play calling as Sean Payton is to make a mistake that bad. And then Drew Brees, and I know he took a big hit on it, but Throwing that interception, I mean, you could have just ate it and not made that throw instead of trying to make something happen away. Well, you blike. have a defender in your face. Very far away. That was blike. far away. That was so, like hey, I'm
1: going to toss it up there and see what happens. It's, it's, it's easy to blame it
2: on the refs today, but the Saints certainly had their opportunities to still win that football game and
0: overcome a, a terribly blown call by the referees in a crucial spot. And how do we know, because the game was tied at 20 when that non-PI call happened, how do we know that the Saints... Don't score a touchdown there to go up twenty seven to twenty, and then the Rams march down the field and tie the game. We don't, and then win in overtime. We don't. So I mean, I don't. It, it was a bad miss call, but I'm not so sure that it definitely decided the outcome of the game. It just shouldn't be a discussion, right? That's like true, that, yes. that's
1: the key thing. The, the key thing is here: we are having a discussion about something that that crew was told repeatedly watch for it. It wasn't just a small six years ago we tried to enforce this, and now this call was missed in this particular game. This was a call, a two-part call, that they have basically been told over and over again, get this right. And they still couldn't. Blew it. Oh, yeah. Completely so, blew it. So the Saints, the Saints went a long way towards costing themselves that game. I agree with that completely. But it's embarrassing for the league to have to talk about something that they worked their butts off to try and enforce and in their most important in a marquee moment didn't enforce and there's another rule folks are asking to be changed today because of what
2: happened to the AFC championship game and we'll get to that right after this on Purple Daily on Score North on 1500 scorenorth.com live from the TCL broadcast studios. Know all the positions
1: Score North Minnesota sports anytime, anywhere scorenorth.com
2: Purple Daily on Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. Watch us live on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, at Score North to follow us on those various outlets. Matthew Collar will jump into the action coming up at 1 o'clock before he takes over these airwaves. From 2 until 4, Mackie and Judd with Rami, two-thirds of that right here on Purple Daily. And uh, we we dissected the, the NFC Championship intensely in in the last segment Judd we we didn't we didn't really touch on the AFC championship other than my uh, jealousy and pettiness <laughs> towards Tom, Tom Brady, Brady which may or may not be getting in the way of me appreciating his greatness but in that game I really, I don't know about you, and I was, I was in a bar full of, uh, I don't know if I would call them Chiefs fans, but people rooting against the Patriots last night. Yep, <laughs> one of whom I was, and uh, I was sitting next to a Patriots fan. That was that was interesting. He was the only Patriots fan in the whole bar, which was it made for an interesting. That could be dangerous. It, but I felt, I felt cheated after that game that I didn't get to see Patrick Mahomes get his hands on the football one more time and get a chance to go back at and match what Tom Brady did for the Patriots. And I know I said in the last segment, I want everything to be challengeable. And I know what I'm about to say along with that probably makes every football game, especially in the postseason, four and a half hours long. They got to do something about re- about overtime and, and, and give the other side a chance. And your thought is what? I- Here's my thought. And what you do you can, want to do? You can do it only for the postseason if you want to, I'm because fine. because I understand the yes. the health risks that go into being an NFL player. And I don't want anybody dying or you know later in their life suffering because in playoffs I don't mind right. as much. Exactly, if, I'm willing to take that chance. Exactly, me too. Because it's not me, but am yeah, a fan. You, and so if you want to do this only in the postseason and keep it as is for the regular season, I'm fine with that. But. Just do what they do in baseball. Just do what they do in basketball and play an extra frame. And and it doesn't have to be an, a fifteen minute quarter. If you want to make it a ten minute quarter, make it a ten minute quarter. But it's just ten minutes, and whoever is leading at the end of ten minutes, mm-hmm. there is your winner. Not the college rules, though, right? No, I don't. I hate I've the seen, college I've rules. I've seen
1: that. You know, look, let's go to college, and I can't stand I that. Hate I hate the college if rules. If they come in March, if they ramrod through an extra period, that's fine. Playoffs. That that's great. Um, I think they're going to do something because the 2010 game between the the uh, Vikings and Saints caused the change from from go down kick a field goal game done now to go down score touchdown game done. Uh, But if you wanted in playoffs only, if you wanted to go to an extra period, that's fine. Because I'm with you. Yesterday, I thought to myself, this is fantastic. Mahomes should at least get a shot to to have the ball and and in playoffs, you know what? If the game goes super long as a fan, I don't care. I don't care. So yeah, I, I would not be surprised if the if two rule changes that we see this March, Ot playoffs changed, pis changed. I think both of those things will will be given uh, from what we saw on Sunday, Will be looked at long and hard and probably changed.
2: So you would go. You're you're okay with the. I'm absolutely fine with the it. rule in change play, I'm proposing in playoffs. Here. Okay,
1: in playoffs, yes, yeah. Because that game was great. Like as, as a fan, if you were not a Patriots fan, what's the downside of another drive? Of a drive or two drives right. or four more drives? Right. What what are you going to say? That was entirely too much. I got bored. Now, if you do do it in week six, guess what? Uh uh-uh. uh No, thank you. But if you get to the playoffs and say, come playoff time, everybody gets an extra period or, or a, at least a, a possession after points are scored, no one, I don't think, is going to complain. And if it's playoffs... I think players would, would say that's fine, too. From an
2: entertainment standpoint, yes. I mean, I would want this all season long because when is there a, an NFL game that goes to overtime that isn't entertaining? Safety gets that I, to be a concern then, though. That, that's the only then re-
1: safety's a concern. I, I lose interest in safety in playoffs. Right. That's the only reason I make that concession in the harsh, regular season. Exactly. No, exactly. If there are a few more concussions. I, you know what? I just for, don't care. It's for too, my entertainment it's in the
2: postseason, then so be it. But that, that's the only reason that I make that concession about, okay, if you want to shorten overtime in the regular season, I get it. I get it for player safety, but when it comes to and I don't even think I don't even think the players would fight it if you tried to make Not that playoffs, rule change wouldn't. for the playoffs because it's Not that it's that important to them yep. it, living to fight another day or at least getting a chance to live to fight another day. Manny, would you be against an extra period
0: in the postseason? I, I wouldn't be against it, but I personally don't think it's necessary, and I, and I'll tell you why specifically as it pertains to last night's game. I think it would have been really cool to see Patrick Mahomes get another chance. To get a chance in overtime. Yeah. But you know what? His damn defense should have gotten a stop in overtime. Then he would have gotten another chance. If his defense would have held the Patriots to a field goal instead of giving up a touchdown, he would have gotten another chance. The Patriots were 13 of 19 on third downs yesterday. Honest to God, Kansas City. Bob Sutton. Defense. Defense. Get a stop. Get a stop. That might be true, but get a, a stop. As a fan, keep going. Sure. Yeah, as no. a fan, as and a if f- they change the rules, I'm cool with it. This is, I have no problem this
1: with this. To it. me is all about if I sit down to watch a game, what's the most possible fun? And the most possible fun on Sunday was keep going, right? Yeah, absolutely. So so you're right in the harsh sense of stop a team but in the Judd world of I'm on my couch and this is flipping fantastic, I'll take I'll take the extra period or quarter, and as I said, playoffs only. So I don't want to see it in week six. I, I think during the season, you could certainly tweak those rules, but not that much. But once you get to the playoffs, as a fan sitting on my
0: couch, keep playing. So what would you guys do because— you're gonna have to what, what would the rules be for overtime then? If it was tied after that extra period? So so like let's say like take last night, for example. Mm-hmm. Patriots go down, they take the kickoff, they go down and score a touchdown, Burkhead gets the winner or whatever. So let's say you implement the rules to where the Chiefs get a get a chance then to respond. So if the Patriots score that touchdown, they kick the extra point, it's thirty eight thirty one. So do you like how how do you how do you how do you handle that oh what what's the uh, rule now uh i would make the rule i would start
1: with uh a possession for each team personally though i wouldn't mind an extra quarter yeah that's what just i'm go saying extra quarter. i don't care and even if it's just a 10
2: minute quarter like in the nba you go to overtime it's a 5 minute qu- it's a 5 minute extra period right and so in the nfl just do, do it's shortened but play but play an extra quarter yep. 10 minutes I don't, I don't know I don't I don't know who would be against that. Like I said, I I think the players the players association, I don't see how they could be against that. They don't they don't want a game to end the way that it ended yesterday. You think anybody on the Chiefs wouldn't be willing to play sadly, an extra quarter
1: last night for another chance? And and the truth is, defenses now often don't get stops. Right. And so they I don't. I get I get what Manny is saying about
2: well if you want Patrick Mahomes to get a chance then the defense should stop him and essentially what you're saying is it's it's a team game and so one phase of the team one phase of the game your defense needs to be good enough to give another phase of your team the get offense one stop. a chance to win get a football off game. The field. Okay, but why were, why didn't the Patriots defense have to make and more a stop? And more yesterday? teams don't get stops. Right. They just don't. Exactly. And I
1: I am thinking about this purely from an entertainment value of this is fantastic. I'm looking at and, it, and look, I know defenses now quite frequently don't get stops; they just don't. Unfortunate, but what's go? What's going to make the content the most compelling it possibly can be? And if that thing had kept going last night, I'm
0: absolutely thrilled about it. So how would you? So how would you start the overtime then? It's, it's, coin flip. You start, Yeah, you do a coin flip Same. and then kick off. Same. Oh
1: yeah, absolutely.
0: So Same way, if, extra quarter. Okay, so let me ask you this then. If you're a coach and you lose the coin flip and you have to kick off to start overtime, are you, and you know that the other team is guaranteed to get a possession, mm-hmm. are you compelled to go for an onside kick? Because you know you're going to get a possession, right? If you
1: change the onside kick rule back, which could, of course, re- result in more concussions, and again, would thrill me. I want the old onside kick rule back. I'm dead serious here. I am all for protecting. I'm 100 with you. I'm all for protecting people, but my God, these men are paid very well to play a game that's supposed to entertain us. Right. And when it's and when it's nobody can overstack this side. And I don't
0: disagree with you. I'm just saying that if you if you know that you're going to get a possession, you know you're guaranteed to get a possession. Yep. So why not just kick off and go for the onside kick because even if you don't get it strategy. and you set them up with with great field position it's strategy yes fight. and then you let them get a touchdown cuz you know you're going to get the ball anyway
1: it's just that we are we are entering an era where where some QB play is so damn high that I want to see those guys touch the ball as much as I possibly can and so many
2: rules are geared against defenses yeah. and in the favor of offenses that to to say what manny said which is you know the defense if you want Mahomes to get his hands on the ball the defense should make a stop That gets harder every year for that defense to make a stop. And again, the flip side of that
1: is, why doesn't the other team in this case... Do you know who who is going to go to Goodell and and the boys and say, change this rule? Television. CBS. You think they they were completely satisfied with that game coming to an abrupt end there? Or do you think if you were president of CBS Sports, you might say, Mahomes touching the football might have been a lot of fun. And and it goes creeps more and more into prime time. I think TV is going to say, "All right, playoffs, OT expand it.
0: I think I think if you change the overtime rules to where everybody gets a possession, I think you have to get rid of the kickoffs to start overtime. Well, I think you tell every team they got to start about the period. I think you got to tell every team they got to start at the 25 yard line. I think that's fine. or whatever. I think that's march down. it's I think because what's going to happen is if you still incorporate the kickoff, then everybody's just going to go for the onside kick. And if everybody's going to go for the onside kick, the opposing team's going to know you're going to go for the onside kick. So then you might as well just... I said last week. You're starting every overtime with an onside kick. I said
1: last week, kickoffs, just kill them. Just kill them. Just get rid of kickoffs altogether. It's a a
0: waste of our time. They're hardly ever returned anyway.
1: And and they shouldn't be. When guys return them now, I'm like, what are you doing? And (laughs) invariably, they get like maybe to the 25, maybe best case the 30 or so. So I think, to your point, just kill them. Twenty-five spot the ball there. Let's play. Mm, That takes away a lot of and and kickoffs have become. I know, I know what they and the league. The league is so now. Oh, it's too dangerous. Okay, then kill them. To go from where they are now, because of the
2: rules, the rule changes that they've made in recent years, to just getting rid of them isn't that big of a change. But to go from where we were just three, four, five years ago and, and the excitement that. There was the potential for that type of excitement on on every but kickoff. Gone. It's gone. That's yeah. dead now. So they've they've already taken that yeah, that so away from us. So yeah, you might as well just get rid of them. Twenty five yard
1: point. line, just start playing.
2: But if we could go back to the way it was before, and the potential for excitement on every kickoff that we had three, four, five years ago. Yep. Mm-hmm. Again, this is where I'm willing to trade off some of their safety and and well being in the future for my entertainment.
1: Quit worrying about people's heads and let's
0: play football. <laughs> That's the Zolgat theory. Get a stop on defense. That's the Manny theory. Yeah. but at the very least, going back World to what both of us were like, 1975. Get remember a stop. That? Yeah, that was good. Get let's off
1: play. The let's play in the yeah. dirt. Leather helmets. Yep. One bar face masks. Where's Bronco Nagurski <laughs> when you need him? He wouldn't put up with this bleep. <laughs> you know what I love is that
2: we opened up the show, and still another hour of Purple Daily coming up. Matthew Collar will jump in here and, and uh, join the action. We opened up the show by talking about how this was the greatest. Championship Sunday in the history of the NFL. And then we spent the whole hour trying to make the NFL better and fix what went wrong.
1: Storylines, though, (laughs) but because they gave us storylines. Controversy and negativity, they make me thrive personally because they give us
0: storylines. It is funny how we just saw two of the greatest conference championships games ever, and all we're doing is complaining about the officiating and overtime rules.
2: Something tells me that
0: (laughs) the complaining about officiating... Tom Brady
1: was great. And overtime rules. Rami, take that. Tom Brady was fantastic. <laughs> he was all right. You're petty and jealous of a man that's fantastic <laughs> at what he does. Why? Not Even I'm not like that. Matthew Collar joins us Bye, next. Bye. See you Purple guys. Purple Daily.